Lingard is joining in, and he's seen Martinelli! Extraordinary! Set it for Saliba! For Kyle Saka, beaten out by the roof, and touched in by Jesus! Kyle Saka! Hello and welcome back to the Bruise Banana FC podcast. My name is Justin. You can find me on Twitter at JFishAFC. And it wasn't always pretty, but the Goodison Park curse has been broken after Arsenal had about as dominant of a 1-0 victory as you could have. Um, I thought it was pretty comprehensive. The scoreline doesn't necessarily suggest that, but I'm sure we'll unpack everything into you know, why that might be the case. With me today, as always, is the hungriest Luke you can find on Twitter at Ekelkun. Yes, Hello, that is true. <laughs> I'm waiting for dinner. It's, it's dinner time around <laughs> there, you know. <laughs> and we have the nicest Ben you can find on Twitter at Ben Browning three. Ben, how's it going? Oh man, it's gone two for two there. I, I like I like this uh, this the, the superlative generator was nice to us today. I thought you know it's Monday, Arsenal won. We'll we'll toss up some some nice ones. <laughs> yeah, I love that. So Ben, I want to talk to you you know, real quick about big picture kind of this season. We've had a lot of score lines that haven't necessarily been convincing. Yeah, the performances I think have been a little better than maybe we're getting credit for. And I'm going to bring up a statistic of field tilt here, which kind of just describes you know basically how much of the ball do you have in the opposition's final third in essence or just how dominant you are and other than the crystal palace match which obviously we had a red card so the field tilt was 50 percent or so in every single match it's been well into the mid to high 70s and again this match arsenal we just completely dominated everton and it seems to me this season that we've kind of last year, we, we played a lot of basketball matches where there we were up and down, <clears throat> excuse me, back and forth. We had a lot of four to twos, three to ones that felt like it could have been to six to five. And we were very wide open, which led, you know, us to think that, you know, we had this fantastic attack that are, we were very free flowing and we needed to just, you know, shore up the defense And this season. We've been very, you know, that's been pretty much the opposite. It's to use the word boring about some of our matches could be described for probably from some neutrals, but bringing in Declan Rice, we have kind of brought in this ball retention machine. And because of that, we're, we're just kind of able to suffocate the opposition defense. And with that comes, we have a much higher level of control. How much do you think that kind of the fact that we just, or holding onto the ball in, in, in a very passively is probably the wrong word, but a like a patiently controlled manner kind of leads us to think that we're playing it not as well as we actually are. Yeah, I think, I mean, first of all, Dak Rice is an absolute monster and he was excellent again uh, at Goodison Park. He just eats up ground for fun. It's like having William Saliba, but replicated in the fields. Um, but I think before the game, Mikel Arteta spoke a lot about, I think he said is the the one thing Arsenal haven't done well this season is in the fine margins where we've sort of not killed games where we should have done um, and we've let teams back in where we shouldn't have done. And that's reflected, obviously, with the scorelines where I think uh, all of our games, aside from the Manchester United one, have been one goal, um, 
one goal wins or or draws. So I think we've got there's still a lot of progress, but also you're right in that we do have a lot more dominance. We're not giving up anywhere near as many chances. Um, when you think about the goal, the chances we've conceded, you can't really think of Forest having one aside from the uh, the goal. You can't think of Man United having one apart from their goal, um, which sort of came out of nothing, and also that Garnacho effort. When you think about Everton, again, you I can't remember Raya really having to make a notable save. So it's much more disciplined, and I think many people will say it, but you'd much rather be solid at the back and your attack not quite clicking at this part of the season than trying to figure out defensive issues and, you know, work out how to, who to sacrifice an attack to strengthen that defence. And I think with time, the attack will sort itself out. There's there's goals all over that team and Jesus isn't back yet properly. So I'm not worried. And I think that the dominance is a good thing, but also it would it would be nice for, for my heart rate. And I know Luke's heart rate as well. We spoke about before for us to be scoring a few more goals. Yeah, I definitely think that our team has been very stable and, it's pretty clear of, with Mikel Arteta ever since he arrived at Arsenal that he has prioritized defensive stability and just overall control. And I think we're seeing the fruits of that in kind of the way that we're playing. And probably if you had to ask Mikel Arteta, would he rather ha- score more goals or concede less? He probably would take concede less. Luke, what do you take, uh, I guess, kind of what do you make of this performance in kind of the way that we saw out a, a one nil victory that it, it seemed like it was really never in doubt in the sense that Everton really never created any threat. They maybe had one half chance in the 80 something minute, if I remember correctly, but it seemed to me that it was a very professional victory that in I think it was in Mikel's post-match uh, comments. He talked about how he felt very satisfied and content with the way we played and versus how he felt relieved after we played uh, Manchester United. And he wants that feeling of satisfaction rather than all the emotions. Yeah, I mean, we, we, when you look at it, it was more of a game of writing records than it was necessarily focusing too much on performance in the sense that obviously it's been so long since we've been able to get a result at Goodison Park. We spoke about it loads in a preview that the last time we won there was back when Ramsey and Alexis Sanchez were in the team, which that feels like three lifetimes ago in, in, in football years. So for us to be able to go there and, and prove that we can put in those performances, because I think the last kind of few times we've played them, especially like when we played them last season at Goodison Park and Sean Dyche was, uh, it was his first game as manager and, they had a lot more joy against us. And that was like the the main takeaway is that as you and Ben both said, our ability like in the counter press to stop those transitions, we stopped them being able to kind of lump it up to Beto and kind of really expose like his pace in, in channels and kind of getting at us in that sense. And we were able to commit so many players forwards. And one of the big things that you see people talk about now is when you look at this Arsenal lineup, you're seeing like big physically dominating players like you're like the camera pans and you're watching like Gabriel, Saliba, Declan Rice, Ben White. And when we lose the ball, when we've got in like mad advanced areas and you've got Declan Rice doing an incredible Kante impression, dare I say. And then also like if it gets past him, you've got Gabriel and Ben White and players like that that can can come straight into into that area and, and win the ball back with their like 
of all being like pacey and strong and, and good on the ball, then I think that's a huge difference. And also you have to say that at the crunch times, we were a lot more composed on the ball than we saw last season. And I think David Raya serves a lot of credit for that. I think there were points where we were under the cosh in the sense of they, they had a chance to press us and we went back to Raya and it would have been easy for Raya to spank it long and, and potentially just give the ball back to them and it come back straight back onto us. But he was really, really calm, like really calm. For someone making his debut at Goodson Park with the kind of record we have there, I think his calmness on the ball was, was superb. And he was able to, with his passing and, and interchanging with players, he was able to take the sting out of the game on maybe like two or three occasions. So, you know, obviously the, the, the only problem you, you know with the performance is just that when it's nil-nil and you're waiting for that goal, then it's always going to feel, you know, a bit nervy. Like, I agree with Ben. Like, ideally, you want to score a goal early, maybe even two, and at least then you've got something to defend, you've got something to lead. Like, you know you're, you're, you've got something to win the game with. But up until you score that first goal, you've always kind of got that thing in your head of what's happened previously at Goodson Park, which is, you know, what if they just nick a goal, if they get a goal out of nothing, which, which you know, like Ben was saying, the Nungan Forest goal came out of nowhere. The United goal came out of nowhere. We've been fantastic in limiting chances for teams coming at us but it feels like even with doing that there's like other teams have been able to be clinical with the small amount of chances they've had um and obviously you talk about fields tilt i think was other than the palace game where tommy asa gets sent off we've dominated pretty much every minute of every game we've played and i think that it's probably fair to say that it's it's going to be under the radar now because we're not scoring enough goals but we're probably a better team now than we were last season um already and I still think we have gears to go up, uh, go up through. So I think that you know, it's all building towards something, right? And I think that usually I'd think that like a midweek fixture, like we'll come and talk about the PSV fixture back in the Champions League. Um, usually I'd think, oh, you know, players going to be tired. Right now I'm thinking getting getting as many games as possible at this point because the the rhythm's starting to happen now. Like all we have to do is that that attack rhythm has to click to go with that defensive rhythm and then we're a real proposition and I think that's going to happen really really soon yes you you mentioned there that you know we're probably a better team that we have one point better right now through the same fixtures than as we did last season so even if the performances may not have been as emphatic we are you know better where, where it matters and, and that's on the in the table Luke, I want to talk about Fabio Vieira because obviously the biggest talking point of this match, I think, is the lineup changes and David Raya. But Kai Havertz, there's been a lot of talk about him and his performances. And we saw Fabio Vieira uh, come into the starting 11 kind of surprisingly because, as we know, he, he's not the the strongest and largest of players, but and so I guess coming going up against Everton's midfield and what we knew and saw in terms of their size, we expected it to be Kai Havertz again. But I thought Fabio Vieira was one of our better players. And if it wasn't for a very uh, interesting, very letter of the law, not spirit of the law kind of ruling on the offsides goal, that he would have had another assist. Uh, what, what did you make of his performance and kind of where he... I guess there's a lot of players in the squad that could kind of learn and replicate what he has done by seizing the opportunities as a substitute that he has done and kind of force his way into the starting 11, very similar to, I guess, what Eddie Nketiah has done as well. 
Yeah, I mean, first day I'll say I was surprised because obviously we're going into a physical game and almost quite like the Newcastle game last season where you thought that Arteta would pack us out of physical players. He's gone almost the complete opposite route. He's taken out the six foot four um, at number 10 and he's put in a player that is is pretty much like maligned over his Arsenal tenure for his lack of physicality. Um, but yeah, I agree with you. I thought we had a, like a, a pretty good game. I think that when you come on in a in a game state where we have to get a goal and you're an attacking player, then it almost suits you. Like sometimes, especially in a team like us, you can look good in those situations because the, the the game is geared towards you. The game is geared towards attacking and scoring. And you know the team's going to allow you to take risks. So Vieira doing one of those games is fantastic, but you need to prove you can do it from the start. And I think that, to be fair to him, he did do it from the start. Obviously, we had uh, the, uh, the, the Martinelli goal, which was a very near offside that um, would have been a Vieira assist. I think there was also like numerous points during the game where he made really clever runs kind of like over the defensive line where he kind of get the ball and flash it across the box and if if someone was willing to gamble on those then we possibly could have scored earlier than we did he looks a bit more um, to be fair I think the system this season caters a bit more towards him because he doesn't have to play anywhere near as deep as Jack had to play so that takes uh, um, something out of that position that I think is quite hard in terms of additionally when when you have to concentrate so much on the attacking and defensive side of it uh, so I do think it, it suits a, a pure number 10 a little bit more than it did last season but you know he's he looks like he belongs now and he looks like he he's gathering that confidence and he knows what he's doing in this team and you can see it in him like um when he gets the ball, he's willing to make something happen. And you're seeing like those, those penetrative passes that kind of like he's willing to slice through teams. He plays, plays it quick. And I think when you've got someone like Odegaard, which is really control heavy to have a player that is just willing to kind of get the ball and try those risky balls. It's a nice balance as long as you can balance everything around it. So yeah, no, honestly, I thought he was really good and um, wouldn't surprise me actually, if he was going to keep Kajavitz out of the team at this point. Ben, let's talk about the biggest uh, talking point of this match, which was David Raya making his debut. And we all expected David Raya to probably, we we thought was uh, to make his debut against PSV on Wednesday in the Champions League. But in fact, he made his debut against Everton in the league. And it kind of brings, kind of questions what, role each of these two goalkeepers are going to have everybody kind of assumed it was going to be what there was going to be a fight for one of them was going to kind of emerge as the number one and the other would become the cup goalkeeper and then when after the match uh Mikel Arteta talked about one of his biggest regrets was the fact that he had opportunities to substitute a goalkeeper in two matches that we ultimately drew kind of brought up a whole extra set of, I guess, thoughts around this. And, and how much, I guess, in your mind, do you tr- take what Mikel Arteta says in terms of it's he's treating the goalkeeper just like any other position that there's 11 players on the pitch, not 10, and, and just like Fabio Vieira came in and was rotated and because he had been playing well, that's exactly how he's going to take uh, I, I guess, uh, treat these two goalkeepers and we could actually see one of them get substituted in the middle of a match. Or do you think that's kind of all smoke and it's he's kind of just going to do what we is more traditional and, and have them battle it out to have one number one and one number two? I think, 
I probably, I mean, he, he's a manager that does anything for sort of one percent gains. So I wouldn't be surprised at all if he'd looked at that game and gone, well, you know, Raya's better in the air, or Raya's better at this, that, and the other than Ramsdale, and got and thought that that's the best way to do it. But I don't, th- I don't think that we've got. I mean, it was a great performance from him, uh, flawless. But I don't think that we've got uh, number one anymore. Like I just all the things that have been said by him is there's no number one and number two. It's whoever I see fit to best deal with this team. And it might be that you know we play Raya against a team where the distribution needs to be more on point, or we play Ramsdale against a different team. You know, I think it will be situational as much as the rest of the team. And I think that's it's not something we've ever seen before. We see it a bit with Brighton where they rotate sort of Steel and Verbruggen, but um, obviously with City there's Edison and Ortega plays occasionally or in the in the Champions League. Uh, Liverpool you don't see it, so I think it's something that we'll have to get used to. But also it could be really interesting because we could start seeing like different styles of goalkeeper almost. Like we know they're both very good with their feet, and we know that Ramsdale is a very good shot stopper. We've seen David Raya play like for a couple of seasons. We know he's very good with his feet and he's he's a good shot stopper, good in the air as well. So it'll be interesting to see what Mikel Arteta sees in each goalkeeper that he values differently in each game. Because as I say, I don't think that we're going to have a number one for 34 games this season in the Premier League, for instance. I think there'll be a case where both players will play 25 games this season across all competitions, maybe. Um, and that, you know, it'll be... That when when push comes to shove, I think we'll see who the favoured goalkeeper is. You know, whether we're when we're playing um, a knockout game or if we're in like a final or whatever. But for now, I think it's just a case of you go out there, see what you can do, and this is why I've picked you. So demonstrate to me why you should be playing ahead of the other one. Yeah, I think that we'll probably know pretty soon. With obviously the Champions League starting up, and we have the North London derby and Manchester City coming soon, and I think if one of the two starts for both the North London Derby and against Manchester City, then in my opinion, it will be hard for Arteta to say that that one is not the number one because of just how big those two fixtures are. And Luke, as we turn towards previewing PSV here, do you have an expectation that it'll be Ramsdale back in and kind of talking a little bit about what it means for you as a fan and a supporter of Arsenal to be back in the Champions League and after so many years without it, it kind of being back where where we where we belong, I guess. Yeah, I think that a lot of teams, when they've been in the Champions League a bit more over the, the last few seasons than we obviously have been, it's maybe a bit more understandable for them to say, you know, the backup keeper plays, or maybe not backup, but like the, the other keeper plays Champions League, you play league. But I think when you've been out of it for a while, like we have, and you've, um, you know, Ramsdale has been the goal, like the, the primary goalkeeper of getting us back into the Champions League. I think that it can be quite almost unfair to say, okay, we're in the Champions League now and you've helped us get there, but you're not going to play Champions League at all. So I do think that it makes sense to me that we could give Ramsdale this game at the very least and say, look, this is your reward. You helped us get in the Champions League. Raya played at the weekend. You play here. So the fact that Raya came in, I think there could still be some style reasons for him being in there. And as I say, like his his short distribution and that, I think it's probably one of them. And I think Ben mentioned how he's much better at catching the ball statistically than David, uh, than David, than Aaron Ramsdale as well. So that makes sense too. But I do think that the Spurs game will say a lot because... At the end of the day, 
when Spurs come around, you play your best keeper. And I think if Ramsdale was to not play that game, it does feel to me like at least for this moment in time, Rare's been able to kind of edge ahead of him. But, you know, this is going to be a dance for the whole season, like really when you think about it, because these are two really, really good goalkeepers. They're going to push each other all the way. I still think that we're almost kind of asking for a problem at some point down the line because as much as Arteta spoke about it quite well in, in the in the post-match interview that he wants to, you know, be innovative and not use goalkeepers the same way other people have, I, I just think that in terms of like dynamics and dressing room culture, it's, it's not something that any other manager has even tried to do, let alone achieve. So it'll be interesting to see like how it works. But yeah, I, I'm really looking forward to seeing Ramsdale play against PSV because he deserves it, firstly, like first and foremost. But I do think that when Spurs comes around, you know, number one has to play in that game and it'll be interesting to see who that is. Ben, what sort of rotation do you expect to see against PSV? Obviously, Martinelli picked up that injury, so it seems like some will have a, a different left winger. Do you think that we could see Smith Rowe, who obviously hasn't played a single minute all season, or I guess in my opinion is probably earmarked for Trossard. Um, and then kind of where else do you see any large-scale rotations? I don't see too many, just because PSV, are, I mean, they started the season really well. They've lost, uh, Think, think, think Sangaro went to Nottingham Forest and obviously Gakpo left and Xavi Simmons left, but they're still four from four on top of the Dutch league. And obviously we played them last season and it was it was close. Um, so I think that we'll probably go with a relatively strong team. I might, I wouldn't be surprised to see someone like Jorginho come in just because um, I think the sort of might be a bit of a slower tempo. I'd love to see Rice, you know, handed his Champions League debut, but it wouldn't surprise me if Jorginho came in. Um, Havertz maybe comes back in. I think we might see Kivior. Um, but all in all, in all, I think we'll probably see eight of the eleven maybe that started last weekend, and we'll probably start against uh, Spurs. I just think it's too soon for so like Smith Rowe, for instance. I think it's too soon for him to come in from the start. Um, Trossard might have earned his, earned his spot, but also Reese Nelson's in there with a shout. You can even put Jesus on the left if you wanted. So I think. While there will be some rotation, most of the team will stay the same, and I think that's probably a good thing because it it needs to it it needs to gel. Like it, it, we we look good, but we can look even better, and we can find the net even more regularly. And they'll only learn the right way to do that by playing together. I think. Luke, where do you sit on that? Because I think I probably disagree a little bit, Ben, with. I think that we'll have more rotation because if you looked at our the bench that we had. Uh, on against Everton yesterday, there were pretty much every single one of the uh, people on the bench. I would have felt totally confident and comfortable with them starting. And I could see, I mean, I think you'll see Tommy Asu come in for Zinchenko. I, I don't think that Zinchenko is a three match in seven days kind of player. And I don't think he ever will be. I, I would say Odegaard in Saka and then probably Saliba and Ben White are the players that I think will stay. So four, was that four? And the other seven will probably change. Luke, where do you fall on that? Do you think there's going to be more rotation or less, which is honest? I mean, it's always going to be less, I guess, with Mikel Arteta, but. 
Yeah, I mean, I'm not sure, to be honest, because I do think we'll see at least like a bit more rotation than maybe we think, because I think that's like with some of the players you're talking about, obviously I agree completely about Zinchenko. I don't think Zinchenko will start. He's not a guy that can play, um, you know, in national break, come back, play there and then play midweek and then play um, weekend against Spurs. I don't think they'll, they'll risk him for that. So then you think about it, Tommy Asu probably comes in for him, uh, which, um, which kind of changed up the, the dynamics a bit. Are we going to trust Tommy Asu to do that inverted role? Could that mean that, that Rice does partner like a Jorginho in the middle? Maybe we kind of flip um, the uh, the dynamics around a bit. I'm not completely sure what we changed to, but I think Jorginho is a player that suits the Champions League and arguably over the last few years under Arteta, when we have played in Europe, we, have, we haven't, like we've really struggled to recreate our form in the league in Europe under Arteta. So it does feel like maybe we need to harness a few different dynamics. Some, I think one problem that Ferguson always had um, uh, a lot of times when he played in Europe, like despite the fact that he was successful at points, was that he found it hard to take the hustle, bustle, physical football of the Premier League and then adapt it to um, uh, to the, the much more technical Champions League. So um, as much as I do think that all the players I talked about earlier, when you're talking about like the the physical behemoths that line up in the side now, and obviously being physical is never a bad thing, but I think that it may make sense to bring in more of the the technicians when we can, like like a Jorginho, just to to give the game um, even more control technically rather than physically, which is what I think has been the onus on on a lot of the control that we've had um, in the Premier League this season. Um, but also, like we want to rest of players need rest in, which may not be much, but we also want to keep players fresh. And Trossard is probably the main one, is that he came on, obviously, for Martinelli and scored the winning goal. So he, you know, Martinelli isn't going to play this game. So you'd imagine Trossard is, is now a shoo-in to play this game. So he deserves it. And, you know, it helps get him a bit sharper as well in, in, in the fact that if he does have to play the weekend, because for all we know, Martinelli might be out for a few weeks now. So I'm not completely sure, to be honest, but, in terms of Jorginho, when Ben was saying it, my mind immediately went, yeah, I could see that, to be fair. I could see someone like Jorginho coming in. Um, I, I think that whatever happens, we'll see the likes of like Saliba, I think, will start. Rice, I think, will start. Erdogan, I think, will start. And you're probably looking at Jesus starting the game. And other than that, and probably Saka, just because we've got no one else to play other than I Saka. Think, I think Fabio Vieira will start as well, because, I mean, he's, yeah. we've always said he's not physical enough for the Premier League. He's proved us wrong so far this season but we can see him starting instead of Odegaard yeah but he's always he's always struck me as someone who's going to be an absolute monster when he's given a bit more time and not in such a physical like as you say the hustle and bustle of the Premier League he I think in the Champions League could really really thrive this season I agree with that but also I think that we have to take into account that this is kind of a, a, a landmark moment for this Arsenal team, like first game back in the Champions League. And obviously with Spurs at the weekend, we will have to rotate somewhat. But I think the really high profile players are still going to be there. I don't think Saliba, Rice, Erdegaard or Saka get, get rested for this game. Yeah, I think that's probably how it ends up. And like you said, it is a landmark. We're finally making our return to the Champions League. And... It's going to be exciting. I know that I won't be able to watch it live because it's in the middle of work day that I can't watch, and this makes me very sad. So Luke and Ben, don't spoil it for me. But we will be back to uh, cover all of, you know, hopefully an emphatic victory. Luke, 
Ben, what are your predictions for Champions League? Do you want to go first, Ben? Yeah, go on then. I'll go uh, 3-1 Arsenal. We just don't trust ourselves to keep clean sheet at home, do we? Um, uh, <laughs> I find it hard not to disagree, even though I was I go back to the PSV game last season where it did feel like they gave us a lot harder a time than uh, than they probably should have done. But they don't have Gakpo anymore and they don't have Madueke either, so maybe they're not as good as they were then. I'm going to say 3-0. I'm going to say we're going to get the fabled home clean sheet and I'm going to say uh, Gabriel Jesus to score the first. I'm going yeah, to go Saka. Like, it has to be Saka. I like 3-0 with Gabriel Jesus as well. Uh, I'd, I, I prefer it to be Saka, I think. Saka to score our first goal back in the Champions League just has that that ring to it, I think. But I'll stick with Jesus. All right, well, this is a, a great place for us to wrap things up here. Hopefully you enjoyed this coming in just under 30 minutes, just how we like it here at the Bruce Banana FC podcast. We'll catch you guys later this week. My name is Justin. You can find me on Twitter at JFishAFC. Thanks to Luke. You can find on Twitter at Echocoon and Ben. You can find on Twitter at Ben Browning3. Odegaard is joining in and he's seen Martinelli! Extraordinary! Set it for Saliba! For Kyle Saka, beaten out by the race and touched in by Jesus! Kyle Saka!